Previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. What is one thing that Tony does that drives you the most nuts? It is Lake Orion, Michigan. It is not Lake Orion. <laughs> it is also Novi, Michigan, not Novi. If you can learn Mike Shashevsky's name, if you can learn Giannis Antetokounmpo, you can learn how to say Lake Orion and Novi. I'll get off my sofa. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And we are going solo, Roxy. Or duo. Uh, okay, yes, there's two of us. There's two of us. <laughs> we are alone this weekend, but that's okay. We can hold down the fort, I think. We've done this be- solo before, I believe. We have, and we're hilarious. We are. Now, I'm all right, I'll be smart, you be funny, because I'm not really either, but we'll go with what we have. Welcome back, loyal littles and loyal listeners. So actually, let's start with some emails and tweets today. And we start with a tweet from Jeff Turner. And he says, now this is in regards to my story about the buy nothing groups that I, I feel like I introduced a bunch of loyal littles to. Jeff Turner says, I admit it. I signed up for buy nothing right after you recommended it. Don't tell the woman to whom I am related to by marriage. Don't worry, Jeff. Your secret's safe with us. John Miller had a tweet saying, when I want to get rid of something that is in real good shape, like a computer table, I put it out in the front of my house with a sign. Take me home with you. I am free. It's usually gone within a few hours. And that's kind of the same kind of thing. That's basically what this is from what I gather. I mean, it's basically put it out on your front lawn for free for city folk. Is that right, Roxy? Yeah, I would say that's that's accurate. There's really no other way to say it. It's just one of those things where we don't have that luxury of putting it outside our front stoop even because that's, I think, illegal here. I think so. Yeah, we have, it's very specific here. When I moved to the city, it was really tricky because there is, we have one day a week that, at least in my place. Is that for you too, Roxy? That's true. Tuesday nights. Yeah. See, we have, and we, other, it must be our street or whatever. It's different days for different, which makes sense. But holy cow, you don't want to be moving stuff out on the wrong day because your whole building can get in trouble and they're fined and then they blame you and sometimes they make you pay the fine. It's not fun. It's a mess. Yeah. So anyway, so that's our, our buy nothing. Now, actually, I was able to get Roxy a little treat due to the buy nothing. Now, I can't take full credit for this because I didn't pay anything for it. So it's kind of a gift, but I did the effort. I went to get it and whatnot. But Roxy, tell everyone what I got you. He got me seven cats. Seven kitties. How about that, Loyal Littles? I got her seven Seven. kitties. Okay, now, wait, no, it was nine. I thought it was seven. I counted seven. I thought it was nine. Did you count the one inside the box? Yes. Okay. Okay, Littles. I thought it was a thing where it was like nine lives. Remember, I thought I commented on that. Right. There is one that's nine lives where there are nine cats, but this one is called Cabinet Meeting. It's a painting. Yeah, it's a painting. It's not just a picture. It's a painting. And it's not a real cat or seven real cats. It is... Well, you just said it was a painting. Seven painted cats. (laughs) So I think they know that they're not And they're adorable. And there's one, there there are six of them, I should say, six of them sitting on top of a cabinet. And one of them is sitting inside the cabinet down below. And the door is ajar, just slightly. And it's adorable. Well, I'm glad you enjoy it. I love it. I have to figure out where I'm going to put it. (laughs) Now, one of the cooler things is... 
Tell how many. All right. So this is one of those situations, too, where I saw it on the Buy Nothing website and I was like, I, you know, oh, and one of the person who was giving it away, they were trying to push it by saying, hey, and it's signed by the artist. So I was like, hmm. And then they were also pushing it by saying it's number such and such of 2000. So I was like, you know. If I pass this up, it's going to turn into one of these things where I see it on Antiques Roadshow and it's probably worth a million dollars or something by some famous artist that this person didn't even realize they had in their apartment and they're just trying to get rid of it. So I'm like, I have to go get this. But it was also mostly because it was kitties and I thought it would be funny to finally get Roxy a kitty for her apartment since she can't really have cats. So anyway, take it away. What did You did some research, right? I did. Someone is selling it on eBay for over $900. How about that? Now, like, come on. Is what? that a find or what? Now, there were other ones for much, much less, right? Yeah, like $250. Right. So we don't think but... it's probably worth $1,000 type thing. That's probably just someone trying to get what they can for it. And who knows if they're going to get it. But maybe. I mean, good for them if they can. But so it's worth a little bit. I mean, It's worth it... a little bit. Chuck offered for me to sell it and make some money off of it. But honestly, I love it because it's kitty cats. So I'm not gonna sell it, I'm gonna keep it. That's so good to hear it. I hope you're not doing that just because it's me. I didn't wanna like, you know, sometimes when you buy art for people, it's kind of touchy, it's right? It's weird. It's, it's weird. It can be awkward. Because people have their own taste. taste. And so when you buy art for others, it can get tricky. That's all I'm going to say. To be honest, I have no idea what my taste is in art, but I guess whatever I see strikes my fancy. So these kitty cats really hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> okay. And we actually also got an email. We actually got a couple emails. I mean, Sully from Boston, Mr. Ed Butt challenged you in the epic email war this week. And we actually got two different emails. One of them was in reference to the buy nothing. And he starts it off with, which is really nice. Isn't Kim Wilson a treat? I mean, we agree. She was delightful. So much fun. Yeah. And he continues, I had never heard of buy none. It's actually buy nothing, but that's okay. But in the days of driving across the Midwest and Great Plains before podcasts and Sirius XM, we would pick up the same thing on the rural radio stations. Nellie Carson got a new dinette set at Perkins, and she would like for her old one to have a good home. It's a three by six oak oval with six chairs, end quote. In our area north of Frankfort, Michigan, we leave things out on the highway where the speed limit drops. Come on, nobody's going to want that. Just watch. Small things usually go within minutes. Large things may take an hour or two if someone is driving the car instead of a pickup. All it takes is a little staging so people can see what it is. And, and I grew up in upstate New York. Same thing. I mean, my brother-in-law, we used to have this bet how quickly we would put something at the front of his curb because he lived in a rural area with houses and stuff like that. And we'd always make bets on how quickly someone picks it up. Yeah, we, we completely agree. So to wrap this up a little bit, Littles, I, I, we're, we are still curious. Is this just in bigger cities? Jeff Turner, you'll have to pardon me. I, I can't remember where exactly you're from. So I'm wondering if you are from a bigger city or if these do exist in rural areas as well, because I, I, I'm guessing not, because I feel like the buy nothing is the, like I said, put it on your front lawn for city folk. It's the equivalent. Yeah. yeah so maybe like in the middle of nowhere, Iowa, there is no buy nothing because you don't need it because you just stick it out on your front lawn until someone comes by and picks it up. So anyway, but let's, uh, since we're here, let's, let's go on to Ed Butt's other email that he wrote. He says, Chuck and Roxy, Andrea Newman is a fantastic addition. Please pass on this to her cold beer repertoire. One of my law partners had worked in advertising before going to law school. Actually, 
He had a bachelor's and a master's from Will Bond's Medial School of Journalism at Northwestern before getting his JD from William & Mary. Back about 1970, Old Style was trying to make inroads into Budweiser's dominant market position in Chicago. To do so, during the live broadcast of Bears, Cubs, and White Sox games, they would have 100 confirmed Bud drinkers sign an affidavit to that effect. Then each would blind taste test Bud and Old Style. Almost every game between 40 to 60 of these loyal Bud drinkers chose Old Style. Why? Because they served the beer at 33 degrees Fahrenheit. So cold that you can't taste any beer. So it was like flipping a coin. I like beer, but I am really more serious about wine. We wine geeks say most Americans drink their red wine too warm and their white wine too cold. A good white wine has aromas that are only released above 40 to 45 degrees Fahrenheit. And room temperature for red wines was the room temperature of a chilly stone castle not of a centrally heated suburban tutor. That makes sense. He continues, love the pod. I have spent some time with maybe a third of the littles you have interviewed, but I've learned so much about them. I know Anita from Alaska, perhaps the best, but I still learned a whole bunch of new things about her. Keep up the good work, Ed. And he says, P.S. Mike Royko, the Pulitzer Prize Chicago columnist, did a beer tasting. Budweiser came in last. His review was, tastes like it was brewed through a horse. So thanks, Headbutt, for that email. And I did want to pass this on. I did pass your email on to Andrea so she would know. And she actually wrote back saying, looking forward to doing the pod again. See how many other people I can snow with my, quote, informed opinions. Ha ha. Love the explanation of the Bud old style. So cool. And the wine part. Madly, madly agree with you. Red wine is much better cooler. Back in the day, when there was no refrigeration, all the wines were kept below the ground in casks that were kept quite cold. So red wine was actually never room temperature. Huh. I did not know that. Information for life, littles. That's all I'm going to say. I had no idea. I'm curious because I'm pretty sure I'm allergic to something in red wines, but I also am wondering if the wine was cooler for my taste if I would be able to drink it. I don't know. If if it's an allergic thing, I don't know. Well, you're also not confirmed that it's... I'm not confirmed. I just... You have a hunch. I have a hunch. What happens? You have a reaction to red wine? Yeah, my tongue gets all weird and my mouth gets all weird, but I... Well, that just sounds like you're getting drunk, Rocky. That doesn't sound like you. <laughs> well, I also don't like it I mean, room if it, temperature. If your tongue gets big and then you can't talk and stuff, that's a different story. I but, guess. But anyway, so we have a great guest. He's amazing. Wait till you hear his special talents. That's all I'm going to say. He has a really special talent that I had no idea about. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. <laughs> listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Now back to the show. Bonfire Falls, and this is their song, Lifelines. 
If you like what you hear, you can find Bonfire Falls on iTunes, and you can also find them on Bandcamp. And that is bonfirefalls.bandcamp.com. Let me spell that for you real quick. B-O-N-F-I-R-E-F-A-L-L-S dot bandcamp.com. That's bonfirefalls.bandcamp.com. And as always, we will play the full song Lifelines at the end of the podcast. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And boy, do we have a, a really fun one for you today. We have with us all the way from Philadelphia, please welcome to the show, Sean Morrissey. Hey, Sean, how's it going? Hi, gang. How are we? Oh, Doing great. We're great. <laughs> Now, this will be fun because, uh, full disclosure, Sean, we don't really know you that well at all. Just, I mean, obviously, we've seen you in the groups and stuff like that, but you are, and I don't want to get your head too big here, but you are one of the more highly requested Meet the Littles guests that we've had from other Littles. So we're so glad you agreed to do this. Thank you for having me. And in <laughs> typical, humble little fashion, I will obviously hedge all expectations and uh, hope not to disappoint <laughs> the good people of the little universe. All right. So, Sean, why don't we just get right into it? Because like I said, we don't know much about you. Why don't you introduce yourself to the Littles and tell them whatever you want them to know and maybe something they don't know about you. All right. Well, I'm from Maryland originally, born and raised, uh, grew up right outside of Washington, D.C., lived there almost my entire life up until the last two years when, when we moved up here to the Philadelphia area. But grew up, like I said, right around D.C., went to college at the Frostburg State University out in way Western Maryland, which, of course, is the home to former intern turned Hollywood starlet Greg Garcia. So from the Kornheiser show. Yeah. And uh, I was also a mass communications major, just like Greg. And I've told this story to many littles many times before that Greg is kind of like the Lloyd Braun of the Frostburg State University mass comm department. Why can't you be more like Lloyd? Why can't you be more like Greg? You know, so (laughs) he gave us a lot to uh, look up to going through that program. After college, I got into radio. I worked in radio for several years and then uh, ended up in uh, advertising. So I've been doing that actually for the last eight years now. And uh, about two years ago, it it brought me from Maryland to uh, the Philadelphia area. And we've been here ever since. Wow. Okay. So this college, I, I don't know anything about it. Now, you're saying it's a smaller college? Is it like a liberal arts college? Or Yes. It's very small, maybe a max of like five, 6,000 students. Okay. Uh, Western Maryland for folks that know Deep Creek Lake uh, or Morgantown, you know, University of West Virginia. It's probably about 45 minutes from there. It is in the extreme Western part uh, of Maryland. So... Um, actually, they mentioned LaVale, Maryland on the podcast on the TK show this past week, and it's it's about 10 minutes from there, oddly enough. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And what was your major again? Sorry. Mass communications, focus in, in uh, production work for the most part. And uh, yeah, so applied some of that for a while and then uh, suited up soon after. You didn't have to do any work. editing, did you? I did a lot, actually. Uh, So you you feel for me, right? It's been an interesting journey for me in the editing department. (laughs) Let's put it that way. But it's been fun because I feel like that's the creative side, if that makes sense, in in putting these together. No doubt about it. And even though I've been away from it for 
like I said, eight or nine years at this point, I miss it. And um, as sick as that may seem for the struggles you're going through currently with it. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I think innately we we have this creative bone that we just uh, we have in us. And it's mm-hmm. some, especially during the last year with with quarantine, like finding ways for that creative outlet is so right. terribly important. Yeah. yeah. So now this might be interesting because you're kind of all over the place, but you settled in Philly. Now, do you have a favorite team, favorite sport, all that stuff? Yeah, a long-suffering D.C. sports fan. I grew up as a fan of the, the football team in Washington, Capitals, Baltimore Orioles, and then when they come back, uh, the Seattle Supersonics. So, oh, um, okay. enough. Yeah. Now, where did that come from? I just had a obsession with Gary Payton and Sean Kemp yeah. growing up. And, yep. um, you know, 10 year old Sean was obviously very depressed having to rewatch, uh, episodes five or six of the Michael Jordan documentary, last dance and reliving the 96 finals all over oh, again. Nice. Uh, people forget that the bulls while winning 72 games that year, the Sonics actually won 64, but, uh, you know, yeah. we don't remember the team that lost. That's right. It's really <laughs> tough. It's, it's funny that you say that, though, because that's how I became obsessed with the Spurs. Same kind of way. I have no connection to Texas, even, much less San Antonio. But I was a big David Robinson fan when he played for Navy. And I just loved them, loved him growing up. And that's how I became a Spurs fan and just stayed with him ever since. So Orioles. Now, so you didn't decide to go with Washington when they finally came back, when the Senators came back, or I guess they were the Expos? No, I think it was written in stone somewhere. If you grew up in the 80s, 90s as a child yeah. in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, you sat at uh, the greatness of Cal Ripken, and he was the sure. idol to every boy that grew up in the yeah. area back then. And yeah. somebody that, looking back on it now, like, wow, how lucky we are, were to look up to that guy growing up. Yeah, um, and not only local, because Chuck is a diehard O's fan. And yeah. I, I have to pick him up every year, I feel like, every season. Uh, yeah. Matter of fact, last time they were, I think it was the last time they were in the playoffs, they played the Yankees in the first round, I believe, because I went to game five of that. It was with the shortened, so I guess that must have been the first round, I guess. Right. Three out of five. Yeah. And, uh, now, so I, Walter gave us some good years. Um, yeah. Like the front office folks that they brought in uh, over the last two years, but, you know, it's tough playing in the AL East. It's a luxury for some folks on this podcast. But uh, <laughs> well, not I'm, always, not always. That's true. That's no, true. It's so weird. But, you know, someone said that to us, you know, I, I basically said that to them. I was like, you know, I guess if you're going to give us a World Series every five years now in my adult life, I'm OK, fine. We can suck for three in a row. Fine. Right. That's that's fine, I guess, you know, but there's just something about it. I almost be like I almost feel like I'd rather be the competitive every year. Well, I'm not going to say I miss it because I lived through it. And I mean, like. I tell everyone I still think 2003 was the best seven-game series you'll ever see. And, of course, I cried when we lost. Thank you, Aaron Bleepin' Bloon. But mm. I still think those games and that, that tension and, like, it just it was so great. And now I just feel like that's all gone, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it seems yeah. like they're either really great or really terrible. There's, like, that no in-between to even make it fun, <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, going through the Jeffrey Mayer deal when it seemed so obvious that the Orioles had a great team in that season is 96, 97, I'm guessing. Yeah, it was a depressing time for me. See the Sonics and the Orioles in the same timeline there. Yeah. Um, 
the capital's kind of vindicated all pain in the last two or three years because mm-hmm. it's not been an easy ride being a fan of the football team in Washington mm-hmm. or for the Orioles for that matter. But it, you know, it didn't really care anymore after the Capitals finally won the Stanley Cup. Uh, that, that really just made it all worthwhile. And oh, that's good. You know, yeah. So. yeah, I do feel for the other teams in the AL East, though. I do. I. I always root a little bit. Obviously, I'm a diehard Red Sox fan, but I do root for the Orioles. It was great to see Tampa Bay. I'm like, I feel like if it can't be us, I'd rather see it be like you, Toronto, or Tampa Bay. You know, obviously, my hatred for the Yankees, I respect them, but I hate them. It's just always fun to see a, a small market team like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? You know, yeah, it's that's just why fun. The majority of my family actually is Pittsburgh fans, which makes hockey season always interesting. But oh yeah, yeah, you know, feel for their fandom with the Pirates on an annual basis. But yeah. similar to the Orioles, it's like, what are we really here for? Is the baseball stadium experience for, for the most well, part for say, both of those teams? It is one of my favorite stadiums to go to, though I have to say. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm guessing, uh, but why don't you? I'll ask the question anyway. Your Tony fandom. How did you get in, introduced to him, and when did you start listening and all that stuff? Yeah, and I think, you know, this entire organization, this Littles Syndicate universe, whatever you want to call it, like <laughs> sports, music, and snark has brought all of us together. And I guess sports <laughs> and growing up in that area knew of him. But really, uh, PTI was where I kind of came to the pod by way of PTI and, and watching that show right after school. Like that, that's when I remember first discovering Tony. And then it really wasn't until I came back from college and I was still back in, in that area of Maryland that I really got into the show again. Um, and that reached new heights when I finally got into jingling when, when inspired by so many other people that came before us to uh, have some fun and put some jingles on the website to, to play on the air. Now, and forgive me for asking this. I mean, I'd heard the name, but I don't know it that well. So what how much jingling do you do? I have not jingled in two years. The The move here came with a, let's call it a lot more to do on the day to day. In addition to just between uh, living in an apartment and stuff in storage. And we moved into a house last year before the pandemic started. So the jingling has definitely gone down in, in that time frame. It is on my, every year I make a little resolutions list and it said jingle more was one of the betterment lines for 2021. So hopefully, and I have been listening to the pod a, a good bit more this year. So I'm, I'm sure, you know, our source, uh, he gives us everything we need. So soon enough, there'll be some sort of right. idea that comes to fruition. <laughs> right. And do you, now do you have a music background at all or it's just a hobby? I play guitar and sing and play guitar. My brother is somebody that can pretty much play any and every instrument. So we came from a, a house where we just there was always music um, for the most part. But I think the production side of things, honestly, the background of uh, working in radio and doing a lot of like commercial work and all that kind of stuff, that's what I was missing. I think moving into more of the uh, the day to day sales side of advertising and all that. Uh, so. That helped me kind of, like I said, fulfill that creative need. But you team. said first you went into radio, right? Yeah, right out of school. First gig was getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning and making sure that the morning show was all set up. Um, oh, wow. All that good stuff. So you never forget your first job, ever. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. We, just, we just interviewed Kimberly. She, she, her first gig was the overnight. 
<laughs> yeah. right out of college. So that's so interesting. It's so, it, you know, it's so weird. These things, I feel like they come in chunks. We, we find these people that are very similar and we, we have no intention of doing that, but it just happens that way. So anyway, next. So I'm guessing now you said you've been up there for a couple of years, but you must have gotten to chatter at some point, right? Yeah, a couple different times. Actually, the company that I still work for, we had an office right around the corner from chatter. Oh so about yeah. once a month, I had to get down <laughs> that area specifically in Bethesda. So I would always, you know, hit 270 a little early to um, <laughs> try to get in there before I had to go to like a 8.30, o'clock meeting. Right. And got a chance to go to the show a couple times. My favorite show that I ever went to was actually the day of the Capitol Stanley Cup Parade. And I brought oh, a couple of friends with me. I was like, we're going to go take off Tuesday right now. Take off Wednesday for that matter. We're going to the parade. <laughs> and we're going to start by going to see a, a taping of the Kornheiser show as well. And they're like, wow. really? I was like, oh, oh, yes. And that was oh, definitely dude. one of my favorite days because they were all jazzed up. And he loves making fun of the Red Rockers. And we had our jerseys on and everything like that. So it, it must have been packed probably too, right? It was actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really, really cool when they when they did that. I was sorry to see that it didn't come, wasn't a, a great success for Mr. Yeah. Tom, but uh, it was yeah. really neat to be a part of the show and the atmosphere there. Um, and But you also said you've been to a Jingle Fest, right? Been and performed at the oh. second, third, and fourth. There's been wow. four now, is that right? Yeah. I think so, yeah, because this last one was canceled. But So yeah. tell us about that. There must be some good stories from Jingle Fest, right? I mean, <laughs> what's what's your most well-known jingle i get what did you perform i guess and stuff like that the jingle that like uh i think is probably the most well-known i guess or one of the first ones that really made it was uh called holpe obviously about the capitals goaltender brayton holpe right. and then the it turned into walk up music for ann hornaday uh annie's song which was you know about her uh oh. and it was kind of lead-up music for her on fridays for a while yeah they're still in the 980 days so Wow, congrats. I feel stupid now. See, I know that song. I didn't I did not realize that was you. That was me. So, yeah. Thank I you for tried that. To do a lot of impersonation awesome. with yeah. uh, the majority of the jingles that I've sent in over the years. So, it, I purposely do that to try to emulate whoever the the original artist is of the song just to just yeah, go. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, that sounds right. like a lot of fun. Yeah. But Jingle Fest, amazing. The first one I went to was at Penn Social, which was a mob, and I was completely and utterly overwhelmed. There were mm -hmm. a thousand people inside of that place, and I got okay. called backstage with the other performers. And I'm standing there, and I get like a tap on the shoulder to move out of the way, and it's Tony and and Michael. Like they're gonna oh go sort of greet the crowd and everything. I was like, that's that's Tony Kornheiser. What the hell is going on? <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> you know, and I just like been communicating with a lot of the other jinglers for many months on getting collaborating on songs with them or getting their spin and edits on some of the the jingles as well so what would happen there is i'm like introducing myself to them and you know we're all kind of all a little nervous because there's so many people there and then boom mr tony pops into the to the room so that one was wild just because it was like what is this this is like a, a massive event but Jerry has and does deserve so many, uh, so much of the credit for all of the successes of each one of these events the last several years. And whether uh, for both of you and anybody else that, that listens all the time here, if you haven't been, like, you have to go. We're, we will return to a normal world someday. Yeah. I'm confident of it. And, and when we yeah. get the chance to do Jingle Fest again, 
you have to go. It's, it's, you know, the event itself is great, but there's multiple events that seem to happen over the course of a weekend. And we had one at uh, a hotel in Bethesda. And then the last couple have been at Jam and Java, which is a great music venue down in, in Northern Virginia. So it's just wonderful. Like one thing that I love the most is the Jingle Golf. Obviously, I've gotten to play with KJ and Jason every year that we've done that. And they've uh-huh. become just dear friends. And we have some funny stories there of failed golf carts that Jason and I have to run behind to jumpstart to uh, work our way down the fairways in the first Oh my gosh. Year. Yeah. Or randomly getting paired with Michael one year during like a rainy jingle golf, who is a scratch golfer, mind you. Yeah. Um, so that was mm-hmm. fun. I felt like a caddy more than a golfer that day. Right. Yeah. Um, that must be crazy. Yeah. And then the bus tour. So yes. I talked about on here. So you were on the second bus. Is that what you're telling me? The Laheka bus, as I La- okay. know. <laughs> all, right. all right, little. All right, so you you're out. You're gonna stick around. I'm not even gonna ask. So let's take a quick break because this is perfect. We'll come back. Let's tease this. We're gonna come back and hear your bus number two, Bill Laheka story. How about that? Let's do it. <laughs> all right, all you loyal littles. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. It's the Loyal Littles podcast in your ear on the WTFC Podcast Network. Here's Chuck and Roxy. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And we are so fortunate to have Sean Morrissey with us today. And he teased a little bit going out of the last segment that I did not even know this. He was, in fact, on bus number two. And we all know what that means. And I just think it's funny that we refer to it as number two or the Bill LaHecka bus. <laughs> and um, so, Sean, take it away. Tell us your version of what happened on that bus. <laughs> yeah, this was a painful morning for me, as I said. Uh, almost saved by Bagel City sandwich after <laughs> the tour began because we needed to stop up some Tito's. And I'll blame Anita for that. For- <laughs> <laughs> annual easy blame oh. so we're on the bus it's shaking it's rocking jerry is giving play-by-play of all the places that we're going and bill is also giving like a second play-by-play without a microphone but we're all just li- listening and, and laughing to right. the pain that he's enduring of just being tossed around this bus uh, as we drive through <laughs> bethesda at this point aforementioned tossed, I was feeling so horrible that by the time we got to Calvert Woodley, we got off of that bus, thank God, and we walked in and, hey, welcome, and, you know, there's the counters, the cheesery, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm not getting back on that bus. I got into an Uber and went back to the hotel and ordered the largest cheeseburger that they had to offer and collected myself before the evening's performance uh, at Jingle Fest number three. Oh so my, gosh. my view of the bus ride is skewed, but I remember it being as painful as Bill probably does. too. Yeah, if I'm remembering this correctly, and please forgive me if, if I'm not, but I believe KJ also did the same thing. I think KJ got off and she's like, I ain't getting back on. She was right. Done. She would yeah, have probably you. made it. I wasn't going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I think all the other littles probably appreciate you yeah. for knowing this and not getting back on. Yeah, it could have been an even worse outcome for many people in the back. Wow. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. 
yeah. the stories I hear about this, and then it's so funny to hear a story from like uh, Tony Beeson, who was on the first bus, who thinks mm. he's like, oh, it was fantastic. We went to the, the Safeway, we went here. And he's, he's yeah, like, I was you know. in hell when that was. It's like night and day. <laughs> literally dying. Like, why am I on this bus? There's, I mean, I could be in my hotel bed right now watching Master and Commander and ordering room service, probably. Right. <laughs> oh. Vegging out and, and bringing myself back to life. But wow. you know it's Jingle Fest. You gotta, you just gotta go for it. You don't sleep. That's the thing. And yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, every year, it's generally looking around a table or finding a room that we're actually allowed to be in at whatever places we're staying and so forth till about four in the morning. And there's usually a guitar being passed around and uh, with Jason mm-hmm. or Steve Lipton. And those are the the best moments of Jingle Fest by far. We we definitely have to get Jerry on. I don't even know if he's listening to the podcast. It's it's amazing, like the the work that he's done. I mean, the websites and the community that was created there mm-hmm. uh, in the heydays of the turnaround jingle, we call them. Uh, <laughs> oh, unbelievable! Yeah, I, I've it, always said that from day one. That's what blew my mind was the turnaround time on these things. Those were the glory days because yeah. what happened was. It would be 11 o'clock at night, and then me and Steve and John Fitzpatrick are all submitting the same exact song with a different concept and a different altogether oh. artist and everything like that. But the, the genesis of it is is the same. Right. So, and those were the best days, though, because I think we all – it was like a race on a, on a nightly basis, but it was so <laughs> yeah. much fun. And then, like, you just, you know, bravo. You win. You win this round. You definitely captured the segment perfectly. Wow. Um, That's so fun. But, but Jerry, like, he deserves so much credit for the events themselves, too. Like, we didn't have to do a, a bus tour. We didn't have to do some of these things like right. the, the barbecues and stuff like – People just want to be around one another and get to know each other because it is a really unique group of individuals. I mean, these are fascinating people. Like, yeah. let's be honest. And you guys yeah, yeah. are getting a front row seat at that right now as you carve your way through the U.S. of Littles. And I mean, it's just there's some really smart, smart, intelligent and funny human beings walking the globe. And they just all happen to be Littles. I mean, it's scary a little bit for us because we're not. So uh, at least I'm not. <laughs> no, so, I feel so like Forrest Gump. I'm like, they're just so smart. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like sitting around. Like, He's just so smart. So I mean, so we're going to like kind of go into the fun, dumb question, if you don't mind. If you hosted Saturday Night Live, who would you want to introduce as your musical guest? Um, Claire will appreciate this. I'm Tom Petty's biggest fanboy on the planet. Oh. And I think he played Saturday Night Live like seven times over the course yeah, of Yeah, probably. But I would choose the 94 version because Dave Grohl may be the drummer at that. Oh. <laughs> so. I didn't, he drummed? I did not know he drummed for him. He did during um, post-Nirvana and post-Dumping nice. their drummer for three decades and uh, invited him to join the band. But he said, I think I'm going to try my own thing at the Souther, which ended up okay. being Fighters. I am obsessed with him. And probably not why you think. It's not because of he's a drummer or the lead singer. I, no, honestly, I didn't even know who he was. And I saw him. It was probably, I want to say, Letterman. The way he interviewed, I was obsessed. Yeah. He's just such a good interview. And and then I figured out who he was because I didn't even know who this guy was. He was just cool. He's phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, he's the lead singer. And then I was like, wait a minute. You're the drummer. You know what I mean? The thing, and it just—he reminds me. I use his line all the time. How I, I feel like this podcast, or my and my other podcast, 
it's almost like he gave an interview one night and he said the one thing he was most proud of, the, I forget what album it was, I wish I could remember. The one thing he was most proud about is that he did it all on his own in like his parents' basement where he put up like the the sound baffling and stuff like that and turned it into like a quasi recording studio and he just hit record and they played and that became the album. And that's sometimes how I feel like with this podcast, because we have no fancy equipment. You know, I know some episodes come out better than others. We know we're, we're going to get there. But yeah, no, it's, it's just that's what it reminds me of. And that's I always come back to him. It's so funny that you brought him up. Uh, well, I have a question. Sure. Um, OK. Speaking of jingles, do you have a is there a favorite one that you've written? I would have to say the song is called Trash People. there's so many things like again the tony just these are the words that come out of his mouth and they ultimately lead to these jingles and there was a whole uh bit between him and liz and david about you know what do you the holidays are coming up you know what do you tip what do you tip your trash people and (laughs) he talked about how he gave them rolls of quarters and this is a couple years ago like rolls of quarters like what, what are we talking about here man so that is uh, I, one I did to the tune of Randy Newman's Short People, uh, but okay. I with the uh, Trash People. And again, you know, trying to give it my best Randy Newman uh, impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, is maybe that is the one thing. What is the one thing that Tony does that drives you the most nuts? Mm, gosh, that's a hard one. And I've heard this asked now so many times because I've you know been listening to you guys. But Tony and asking for things, I think that is probably true for a, a lot of people for mm-hmm. yeah. asking and then bitching when it's actually on his doorstep. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a rather more deep one, I guess I would say, would you rather be the best player on a team that always loses or the worst player on a team that always wins? Uh, worst player on a team that always wins. No doubt. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, again, like we talked about my sports life, it's not been enjoyable other than 2018 Stanley Cup. So uh, (laughs) give it all up, friend. Give it all up. Yeah, I hear you. Roxy, do you have another one? What is a special hidden talent that you have that nobody knows about? I think it's impersonations. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. And like, again, I mentioned that earlier with just the jingle, trying to like singers, but that's just always been something that I've done since I was a kid, really. Like just impersonating people. Uh, Who's your favorite one? Zero percent down this Sunday only at Hagerstown Honda. Like we we did a. <laughs> Wait, ton. is that him? That's yeah. so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Paid off pretty good for four to eight years, and um, yeah. so I think impersonations. It uh, it's a passion. So speaking of your sports, give me a team or franchise, college or pro, that isn't one of your personal favorites, but you really respect from afar. Mm. God, I hate Duke. And why did that come to my head first? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I'm so with you. I'm so with you. Oh, that felt disgusting. <laughs> but I, I mean, Mike well, Krzyzewski, it's not, he's not J.J. Redick. He's not Trajan Langdon. He's not, yeah. insert other person I hated every three to four years as a Maryland Terrapin basketball fan. So, right, um, right. Yeah. So probably Duke. Okay. No, I'm like, I'm, it's, it's like the Yankees for me. It's anybody but the Yankees, anybody but Duke. I, I, oh, I, actually, I hate them. I think it's yeah. just the, the admiration for Coach K, who is like, 
stoic and this mm-hmm. this silent force that un- can't stop winning for the most part over the course of his career. <laughs> he did bring the country a gold medal, I believe, at one point. So mm-hmm. maybe that's uh, that's worth giving him the nod there. I will say I spent my entire life hating all of the Philadelphia sports teams, and now I have to live amongst them on the daily basis. And that has been a challenge for me the last two years. True. (laughs) I never even thought of that. I've learned three things in my time here that stop signs are optional. Bread is a part of every meal and Sundays during football season are unbearable at times. And um, this uh, year, I mean, I know you didn't have a winning season, but at least you won the, you yeah. know, the East. Well, so. Philly's not the kind of place I'm going around wearing a jersey and smiling about yeah, that for the most that's part. True. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So, but I do respect the passion of the people here. Like we, we actually have gone to a good many Flyers games before uh, everything shut down last year. And we love Gritty. He's he's the greatest, the mascot that they have there. And it's a nice ballpark that the Phillies have. So, And again, I don't have an NBA team, so I find myself watching the Sixers games and all the drama that, that happens with that oh. group. So, oh, so you're, not a, you're not a Wizards fan then? No, still holding out that uh, the Sonics will return one day yeah. soon. Uh, now that the Kraken for the NHL are building an arena out in Seattle, this is the first step towards – Right, the right. Sacramento Kings down and moving them up to Seattle. Yeah, that would be fun. So, and I, I I'm gonna do a a classic for you, but I, I believe this is gonna be the first time I'm actually doing it correctly. As we discover, <laughs> Uranus jokes not funny or never not funny. Never not funny. Oh God. <laughs> Roxy, I did that, that right, right? That was perfect. <laughs> you know, I'm questioning myself, like, did I just answer that correctly? Because I find them funny. But I said never, I'm um, not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. So even though we're in March, I guess you can say Christmas just passed. Uh, so this is still maybe relevant. Um, but Christmas lights, when is it too early to put them up? Or when is it too late to take them down? I guess what's your what's yeah. your range of having your lights up? The game has been changed in this last year because mm-hmm. I was proctoring this very closely. We walked the dog every night around, you know, multiple blocks here in the in the area. And it was interesting to see the progression, like when they were going up. And right. there were certain political signs in people's yards in early November and late October. Those lights went up first, I noticed. And but I think the majority oh. of people, everybody had them up before Thanksgiving. And I I'm okay with that when when we go through something called 2020. I don't think there is a I don't have a problem with too early. Too late is the the real issue. And I think that I'm okay historically if they're down like as early as the 27th or after we get back that first Monday into January. So for the most part, I think that too early is more than fine. But I've got a neighbor presently, and I still see Christmas decorations. Oh, well, I was going to say, and not to get like religious on the podcast, but when you were saying right after, because mine's usually, I usually say New Year's Day, usually around. But we're a big big Italian family, and my father was very big on Little Christmas. Do you know what Little Christmas is? I don't. Okay, that's fine. It's, uh, is it, Roxy, it's January 6th, right? I believe. 
believe I'd have to so. do the math. It's the twelfth day after Christmas because that's the that's actually the twelve days of Christmas. You start yeah. on Christmas and then it's the twelve days of Christmas, and they call that Little Christmas. And apparently, it was a Italian thing. And uh, so we always had our big Christmas tree. And we always had a littler Christmas tree, and we would always keep the little. We'd always take the decorations down around before we went back to school and around New Year's Day and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, but we'd always keep the little Christmas tree up until Little Christmas was up, and then we would take it down. But Are so you foreshadowing like the first week of January for Jingle Fest Five as a little Christmas in New York City? Is that what? Uh, is that, what uh, we're <laughs> that could be uh, fun. Maybe. <laughs> I think Roxy the might wheels still be performing. Are turning. You could do a, you could, you could do a, come see Roxy at Radio City Music Hall. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how much fun would that be? So, well, we'll see. Excitement from here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, watch. I'll be on tour. I won't be here, but that's okay. Yeah. You can still have it. <laughs> like, um, well, Sean, we can't thank you enough for coming on and telling us all these stories. And I, I, we didn't even know we had another bus number two story coming. So that was a big treat. So um, we feel bad for you because apparently you were not in very good condition. No, that day, though. it was a bad <laughs> um, share. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, thank you so much. And, you know, as an homage to the show, we'll get you out of here on this, Roxy. Uh, over or under? I have doing, I've done a lot of research on this. At the, <laughs> oh, really? Uh, <laughs> leading up to this conversation. And I can confirm that the upstairs bathroom is an over and for some reason the downstairs is an under so we we're open Split. to both here yes I wow love that. <laughs> i think that's a first for us i do doesn't everybody want an under okay. though like out of public bathrooms i yeah. was thinking about this too like you know, the compartments and stuff like i don't yeah. i don't know if i want to go all the way in there so <laughs> <laughs> And with that, we will say adieu. Now, real quick though, Sean, do you have anything to plug? Do you want us to, how can we reach you? Anything like that? Yeah, sure. Social media, the name's the same. See you on the Twitter. Obviously, give love to the littlesongs.net. There's a lot of uh, good fun on there. And then in general, to all, just do as the littles do, just to say, be kind to one another. Yes. I love that. That is so great. Well, Sean, thank you again. We really appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Very nice to uh, get to to meet both of you. Yes, and hopefully too. that satisfies. We had so many littles that were saying, "When are we getting you on?" So thank you so much. All right, all you loyal littles, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the W. Hey, that's me, WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And Sean, we cannot thank you enough. I mean, hello. That was amazing. <laughs> I mean, the imitations are, look, he's just so talented. I, I had no idea. No idea. And full disclosure, that last bit you just heard, now obviously that was Sean, and he actually did those well after. So what we've been doing is we've been asking Littles to do bumpers, is what we're calling them, for the in-between segments. We thought that would be fun to get other Littles involved. And Littles out there, if you want to do one, let us know. Write to us, wtfcpodnet at gmail.com, and we're more than happy to do that. Even if you haven't been on the on the pod for an interview, we'd be more than happy to get some of those in. Now, obviously, logistically, it's those are the people we've been asking because it's just easier but we're more than happy if you don't want to come on for an interview but you do want to do a bumper or something and have some fun with it that's totally cool just let us know but 
we forgot when Sean was doing his interview, I completely forgot to ask him, hey, would you just do one of these for us? And he was happy enough. I mean, talk about going above and beyond. So I texted him or I tweeted him later and I said, hey, would you mind doing this? He's like, sure, no problem. And he sent us, just you wait, Littles. We have many to choose from. Yeah, that's all we're going to say. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, Sean, for coming on. That was a good time and we really appreciate it. So now I know we normally jump right into the Friday Five, but we have some other things actually to get into and we'll touch upon the Friday Five in a little bit. We wanted to update you on our Loyal Littles Bracket Challenge. And what we've done is we've decided we are going to bring these down first. We had our top 10. Now we're going to go down to what we call the Elite Eight. Then we're going to go Final Four, Final Two, and then we're going to give you the winner, okay? So right now we're going to give you our Elite Eight for our bracket challenge, Roxy, what do we got? And Littles, these are in no particular order. So here we go. We've got Ketchup Confessional, Out of Here on This, Only Little on TikTok, Tony and Courtney's Love Child, Leave Gun, Take Cannoli, Use the Code, People, It Wasn't a Spoiler, and Clever Bracket Name. All right. Those are our Elite Eight. Those are our Elite <laughs> Eight. So thank you. For all those people putting in those, and like I said, next time we'll bring it down to a final four. And just you know, Littles, I mean, this is not just Roxy and I. What I decided to do was I reached out to everybody who has come on the show and co-host with us. So we've got Rod, we've got Joe, we've got Simon, we've got Chuck, we've got Andrea, and obviously uh, Roxy here and myself. We're all putting our heads together, and they are picking these collectively so this is not just us so if you don't win you blame them that's my theory so <laughs> not, it. <laughs> not it so um so we asked them to give us their favorites and that's how we're doing this just so you know so next we're going to do some tv talk real quick and quickly because we've been holding off on this because we didn't want to do any spoilers unlike some people we know and <laughs> no we will not let that go little and but I did want to talk real quick because, you know, we've been talking about the whole season of Bachelor and we never touched it. And we actually had a couple emailers email in and go, hello, what happened? The big finale, you didn't mention it. So in all fairness, we wanted to give people a chance just in case because we did not want to have any spoilers. And plus, because I'm pissed, but we'll get to that in a second. And I didn't even watch it. So, but of course, I, I went to Roxy and I'm like, so how was the finale? Did you enjoy your wine? So Roxy, take it over. Okay, so Matt James sort of picked somebody, sort of didn't pick somebody. He sent one of his final two home, and then he picked out a ring. He was maybe going to propose to the one that was left, Rachel. And when it came down to it, he said to her, I can't propose to you today. I want to get to know you better outside of the show. Okay, let's pause there for a second. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, isn't that the point of the show? I mean, like, what happens on Survivor if they say, you know what, for those of you who don't know how Survivor works, the leftovers have to, like, vote someone to win a million dollars, whether you hate these people or not. And what if they just said, uh, you know what, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to vote. Like, how would the producers allow this to happen? That's what I want to Yeah, know. it's a little bit of a letdown. However, you know. You're basically watching a whole season of a reality television program, and then there's no winner. Yeah. Now, I know this is a little bit different because this is the rest of your life that you're talking about if you're going to get married to someone, which is why I think these reality shows specifically are ridiculous to begin with, oh, but sure. that's a whole nother story. But I know the ratings are through the roof and that's all, hey, money, that's your answer. Mm -hmm. And, but okay, so he buys the ring, doesn't propose. Like, buys the ring, doesn't propose. Now, see, if I was a first time watcher, I would be so furious. I would never watch Bachelor or Bachelorette again. Oh, sure. Anyway, so that was that. That's that chapter. We closed that chapter and we open a new one. We actually have two bachelorettes coming up 
Now this is unusual because they always switch off bachelor, bachelorette, bachelor, bachelorette. This time they're doing bachelorette. They should be starting to film in the next week or so. And that woman has been revealed as Katie, your girl, Katie, vibrator girl. Oh. She is the next bachelorette. Very exciting. Um, then okay, maybe I'll watch that. Then, I'm just kidding. Then they're hoping to do their spin-off show, Bachelor in Paradise, where cast members from various seasons come together in Mexico. Ooh, and so this is like Survivor Heroes versus Villains? Sure, like, go okay, on great, dates great, great. with each other, get into some drama, <laughs> get into some trouble. And then in the fall, we will have another Bachelorette, not a Bachelor, Bachelorette, and it will be Michelle, who was Matt James's runner-up. That's right. the plan. Yeah, I don't get this. All right. I <laughs> well, hopefully there'll be a winner. That's all I can say. So I think so. It doesn't make sense to me how you can do this entire reality show and then not have the whole point is for him to get engaged. And, and like I said, I'm glad he didn't. If he doesn't really feel like he's in love with this person, by all means, don't get engaged and then get married and then get divorced, which is probably going to happen. But why buy the ring? Look, that's a whole other chapter. You can <laughs> hammer it out. I'm, I kind of wish Simon was here because, Simon, I tried to fill in here for you, but I'm terrible. Yeah, I was pissed. When I heard that, I was like, how can that possible? But on the other hand, I'm glad he didn't because it's, uh, it's, it's a big deal. It's life. your life. It's someone's life. Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm like, why are we even doing this on national TV anyway? Come on, man. But, what are we even doing out here, man? Oh, pretty good, Roxy. <laughs> All right. So anyway, let's continue real quick. The TV talk. So sad we said goodbye to Superstore this week. I know, I completely forgot this was the final season. And it was the the final episode, and it was so sad. Now, we're not talking Seinfeld final episode. We're not talking MASH final episode, but... It was pretty great. It was a really good episode if, if to close up all yeah. the loose ends. Yeah, I mean, if you follow the, your friends at Cloud9, and it was, I really enjoyed the Superstore series in general, just because it was like it was like walking into a Walmart <laughs> and watching it on TV. I mean, it was kind of really fun. So, and others, uh, so some other TV updates real quick, and I'm calling it, you know, Chuck and I used to have a what the what game of the week what on the our. What? On our, um, you know, Upset Special podcast, I have one for the updates on the TV. First of all, the most important thing is FBI and FBI Most Wanted are getting renewed. Thank goodness. I mean, that's all Roxy and I care about. And Mr. Mayor. Some of you, I think it was Mary Faye that wrote in about Mr. Mayor, or was that a different one she wrote in about? But anyway, the new Ted Danson sitcom has gotten renewed as well. So if you've been holding off to make sure, because, you know, as I referenced on another podcast, some people wait. Some people nowadays, they get so angry that these networks cancel the show so quickly, especially if you get invested, you get upset. So a lot of people wait until they know if it's renewed before they start watching so then they don't feel bad about putting in the time. Sure. So anyway, so it's been renewed. However, there is a new show coming on. What the what? <laughs> called Pooch Perfect. Now, I don't even know. I don't... I Look, I'm not a dog lover. I'm not a dog hater. I'm not a cat lover. I'm not a cat hater. I'm just saying, I don't get this. Now, do you know anything about this, Roxy? I just... No. I, I'm a little scared for it, but I did have to make reference. I saw a commercial for it, and I was like, what the what is that? Now, I think they're dressing them up yeah, in I outfits. Think yeah, I don't know if there's any behind the, like, what kind of outfits, who designs the outfits. Like, I don't know if it's a designer, like, fashion show or if it's just a bunch of dogs getting dressed up and walking around for a show. Like, I don't know. Yeah, so Littles, you might be on your own on that one. I don't even know if I'll give that a first watch because it sounds like it's some kind of reality show with dogs. Yeah. 
which I can see the appeal. It's just not my thing. So we'll let you know when it gets closer. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that one. So uh, anyway, Roxy, let's let's close out the show real quick. Uh, Jolene, thank you for sending in the Friday Five. We, we usually do this. So we wanted to just go real quick. We're going to go through a couple of these. But thank you, Jolene. Now, it was ironic because she did her... I don't know if it was her first one, but she's done. She did her last one, we'll say, almost a year to the day. Yeah. And it was very interesting because of, you know, what we were going through in life. We had just entered the pandemic. A lot of people still didn't know what the heck was going on. Us here in New York, we had just closed down. Yep. And so it was really interesting to see. And she kind of went back. And so now she has these other questions. So, Roxy, what's number one? Number one. So now that we are one year in, what has been on your mind lately regarding the pandemic? Well, for me, it's just what's what's going on still. We still we still don't have a job, Roxy. <laughs> it's yeah. like so. It, it seems like we're closer. I will say that it sounds like the light, just, there's a light at the end of yes, the tunnel. Yes, exactly. They're perfectly put. My issue with that is the distance between here and said light at the end of the tunnel right. is still very much unknown and probably the most frustrating thing for me. I am so excited to get back to work in some capacity getting back to seeing friends and family and hugging them maybe, hopefully. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? I miss hugs. I miss just yeah. any human interaction that we haven't had in a normal way. Yeah. All right, so let's go on. Number two, what is your top three most favorite or life-changing places you've been and would recommend? I would say the top of Mount Washington in New Hampshire. I would also say... Any cruise I've been on because it's taken me to places I probably wouldn't have gone. And gosh, I love Nashville. <laughs> you and your Nashville. So you got to be a little more specific to that on the cruises though, because I've been to some on cruises in the Mediterranean and like Israel and just, I mean, Santorini is one of my favorites. And I know you've never oh, been to the Mediterranean, but you've been to the South Caribbean and yeah, you know. Western Caribbean mostly, Cozumel, right, Cayman right, right. Islands, yeah. yeah. Now, Chuck, number three, what is your favorite song lyrics? Oh my gosh, that's kind of impossible. But I mean, I guess I would always have to go back to, it, it still annoys me that Phantom is the longest running Broadway show because at one time, now we all knew it was going to not last forever, of course, because, you know, times are changing. But a chorus line for the longest time had the longest running. And it was basically because it was a show about us. Yeah. And for those of you little, so if you haven't seen a chorus line, if you want to know what the business is like, now you have to go back when it opened in the 80s, you know, so it's different times. But one of the lyrics from What I Did for Love is one of my favorites. And it was uh, just kiss today goodbye and point me towards tomorrow. We did what we had to do. Won't forget, won't regret what I did for love. And it's just basically talking about the challenges and the things we gave up, you know, me giving up holidays with families. Mm -hmm and you won't regret it. What you do to put on a show and to bring it to other people, and yeah, that one always just hit home with me. That song got? makes me cry every time oh, every I hear time. it. And I mean, the lead up to the beginning yeah. of the song, the director says, if this were the day you had to stop dancing, what would you do? What would you do? And that hits so home to me yeah. and to Chuck, but yeah, that, that song is so powerful. I kind of, along the same lines, pretty much any song and any lyric in 42nd Street. Yeah. I mean, 
Sawyer think of Broadway, damn it. Come on along and listen to the lullaby of Broadway. Like, it's, there's nothing better than that. Or get out your tap shoes, Francis. Julian Marsh is doing a show. Yeah. Like, I just, that's another show that's very much based Business on related, what right. we do with yeah. our lives. And it's really fun to do that and to play that and to show that in such yeah. a cool way. Yeah. So. All right. Number four, since we are getting close, favorite Easter candy. Does anyone really like peeps? Okay, now wait a second. <laughs> I have a beef with this question. <laughs> because peeps are marshmallows. Sugar on marshmallows. That, to me, is not a candy. That's more of a sweet. What? So, no, it's a candy. Yes, I love peeps. And I eat them in a very specific way. It's kind of ridiculous, but I love my peeps. But favorite Easter candy? Ooh, that's that's a tough one. I feel like I would always get Pez at Easter. Pez? And I love Pez. You get Pez all year round. I know, but I I specifically... We're talking jelly beans. We're talking Cadbury eggs, which I do not like, but jelly beans I like. Littles Redison. Littles. WTFC podnet at (laughs) gmail.com. Are peeps candy or whatever. So, okay. And let's close it up. Number five. And with some bracket talk, who you got winning the whole March Madness basketball tourney? Yeah, go ahead. Say Oral Roberts, Roxy. (laughs) I mean, they've made it this far, and it's been a shocker. I mean, I I would say Gonzaga. Gonzaga, yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're probably the prohibitive favorite in the way they've been playing. I mean, a lot of these other teams could surprise us. I mean, with all these upsets we've had, it's really anybody's anybody's that's tournament. That's why Oral Roberts is in the running. Okay, anyway, <laughs> but that's why we play the games. All right, Roxy, let's get out of here. Tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. Email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail on Twitter, you can find us at Loyal Littles Pod. On Instagram, you can find us at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And on Facebook, we have our The Loyal Littles Podcast page. Okay, it's getting way out of control with all these things. But, uh, and, you know, obviously. Basically, look for look up Loyal Littles. Anywhere. Anywhere. And we're, we'll ho- we're hopefully there. We're, Except TikTok. Yeah, we're not on TikTok yet. I don't I, know. I'm, I'm looking at it, but we'll, no. We'll see. I don't yet. know. But please, if you do go on iTunes and Apple, please give us a rate and a review. It does matter. We really appreciate that. Thank you so much for that. All right. Say goodbye, Roxy. Goodbye, Roxy. (laughs) And actually, Omar Runcy, I hope I said that right. We found a, you posted this quote. I loved it. And we're going to get you out of here on this. Sometimes the first step to forgiveness is understanding that the other person is a complete idiot. Yes. Love that. Yes. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the basketball, all you loyal listeners. Goodbye. Oh, that felt disgusting.
is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, yeah.